Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. With over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. You are listening to Sarah at Positive Living Vibrations. And today we have a very inspirational guest who's actually going to be joining us as a host in December. But we're going to give you a little tease as to what is coming today from this very, very talented lady. Deborah Antrich is a person who has many, many, many talents and juggles many, many balls and does them very, very well. She thinks that adults have a great deal to learn from children, and I'm completely with her there. She wants to share her message by opening up the lines of communications both ways. Don't speak to, speak with. The show that she's going to be uh, coming on and doing is called Mum's the Word. Double entendre, you know, mum's got the final word, but also sometimes knowing when mum should shut up and listen. It gives the kids the opportunity to frankly share their thoughts, their ideas and their issues with a wide audience of adults without any fear of judgment. Deborah wrote and facilitates a kids program called the I Project Confidence. That is the key to everything, isn't it, folks? Confidence, because that's where self-love comes. It's instincts training for kids based on over 10 years of knowledge. She has accumulated from volunteering with children and through her work as a child advocate, specifying uh, specifying as a CASA court-appointed special advocate in her area. She's passionate about all the children, which includes her own, a daughter of 15 and a son of 12. And anybody has children of that age, you know that it can be an exorcist time when their heads start spinning around. And it's definitely a time where they're coming into their adulthood and... and, um, really wanting to voice their opinions, and there's a very fine balance to be had at that time. The TSS, um, TPSC, let's just call it what it is. It's, um, I've actually got it down here to what it is. We're going to ask her what that is, but that's a, it's an open group that meets at different restaurants um, around Austin. They share a meal and discussion, and if you've ever experienced or are curious about psychic phenomenon, you're welcome to attend. Each event has a different topic of discussion and all are encouraged to participate at their his or own comfort level. And uh, it's a very small, intimate um, discussion over a lovely meal where everybody feels safe to express themselves and they have a great deal of fun. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, she's also a clairvoyant and an empath. So as I said, multi-talented, very, very gifted intuitively. And for that reason is the reason why A, she's on the show and B, she's going to be a host on the show because we want to share these wonderful talents in order to help you, the listener, the parent, and also to give that power to the children to be heard. There's the old added expression, children should be seen and not heard. That could not be further further away from the truth. We need to listen to our children if we wish to understand what's going on or to help them. We are their custodians. We do not own them. They're not property. We're here to guide and nurture them so they may live in all the possibilities that are within them. So without any furthermore, let's bring on Deborah and find out all more about her gifts and what she's going to be bringing to us in the future. Hello, Deborah. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you. A um, few challenges, but, um, you know, that is life, right? 
that, yes, that is life. That's for sure. Keep SZA on the ball. I appreciated the lovely introduction when you said uh, that I juggle all these balls. I, I kind of, I had to laugh to myself too and thought, I, I do what I can. You know what I mean? Like we're all just, we're doing what we can. So yes, um, I can appreciate that. And, you know, we can only do as much as we can do. And that's, I think that's, let's start that off with there. You know, you're going to have a show called Mum's the Word. And, you know, mums have this thing on from the moment that baby's put into their arms that all of a sudden they're now got to be super mum and know-it-all you know the right. whole manual was downloaded when the baby came out and you know then it's this thing you've got to be the perfect cook the perfect lover the perfect wife um the perfect uh, you know check balancer and know everything there is to know about raising children and that automatically happens the moment you give birth and i think what we need to do is tell mums right from the word go that ain't so that exactly that's exactly everything that you said is absolutely false and nobody tells anybody that mm-hmm. you know nobody says this is a trial and error uh situation you know and um we also learned just as much from our kids i think that's one of the things that parents turn off is that um you know that ability to take in from the child themselves and so that's exactly i feel that we can learn just as much from our kids uh, in in the steps, you know, in the appropriate steps through, you know, baby, toddler, you know, uh, elementary school age. I'm right now with a middle schooler mm-hmm. and a high schooler, so I'm at that learning level. But um, I think that that's a, just taking that judgment off gives such, it just takes so much fear, stress, anxiety on both sides. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I'm all about, all about. I mean, I don't know where this came in that, you know, parents, you know, um, are the authority, you know, uh, we, we are supposed to know more because we've lived longer. But then life is constantly ever evolving as we are and as we should. And who we are from the moment that we gave birth to who, who we are 10 years later um, is different. And we're different mm-hmm. to our parents and we're different to the society's expectations on how we should raise children. And... Um, it's feel free to grow with your kids, you know, to grow in yourself. Right. right. And it's always, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you were talking about um, the supper club and, you know, yes. I project confidence. They're both always kind of ebbing and flowing into each other, which I did not start out that way. And I, I love the way that we're kind of going into this because I did start out very much, this is one thing, this is one thing, they will never overlap. There was a lot of fear there. Mm-hmm. And when I just said, I can't do that anymore, I can't keep one side of myself separate from the other side. And I almost just kind of threw the gloves down and said, whatever happens now happens. That's when the amazing yeah. stuff started to happen. That's when... And because I was not letting things shift into the place they needed to be, I was holding them separate from each other and um, holding a very strict level of accountability and expectation on both. And so when I just threw all that into the wind and kind of said, wherever the cards fall is where they need to be, that is when everything shifted, everything changed, everything um, became even more amazing day by day than I ever thought it could have been. And so you um, were talking about TPSC, which is the Traveling Psychic Separate oh, Club. Thank you. Yes, and, I just couldn't and, get the name there. 
it's, you know what? It, my sister says to me all the time, I don't know how you say it so fast. Yeah, exactly. So fast. <laughs> I've, I've said it a million times. You know, exactly. So, um, but yet, it, and, and that was kind of born after I project confidence, my kids' program. So I was very afraid that people that had kids in my program, you know, we are in a very, I'm right outside of Austin, Texas. So very much the what they consider the Bible Belt. Yeah. You know, there's a certain Christian um, uh, authority here. Um, I just thought, you know, what if people, what if, you know, what if someone finds out something? What if, and then I realized after I started talking openly about this, nobody cared. The person that cared was me. Yeah. I was the one that was putting all this, I called it perceived perception. Yes. I was putting a perception on somebody else and expecting them to have that fear. And when I took that away, everybody's got a story. You know, that, that kind of is what Traveling Psychic Supper Club is about. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a story and they want to share it and they want to be able to talk about it without fear of being judged. And that is very much what I project confidence is about. And that's, and that's no what fear, they, no right. And, and, and they need to know there is an arena out there for them. Because there are so many, you know, Bible belts, there are so many other religions out there that are very dictatorial. You know, that freedom to to right. uh, listen to that intuitive self, to to understand their connection to their own their own God, their own faith, their own divinity, um, is very overshadowed by the dictation of religions. Where I, I... you know, we need to listen to within because that's where the div- divinity lies. And uh, is where it's communicating with us. And we can't find that in those structured arenas. So we do need a safe place to go where we can explore and we can share and we can open ourselves up in safety and, to, and let that divine come in and guide us out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, um, I think that I have always felt that people connect with stories. Yes. And you can connect with a, a personal story without putting judgment on somebody else, you are just sharing a story. And so when people come together and they're able to share stories, it's, that's a really interesting way of communicating to me. And so, and that's how I've always felt the most comfortable communicating with people. And so when we started the supper club, I would just share stories. I would just share information, things that had happened to me in the past. Um, Excuse me, the first dinner that we had I had a couple of people that attended that I had done readings for that I felt were connected by information. And then I invited a couple of people that I just had known forever that I knew were highly intuitive. And I just laid it on the table, literally said, let's see what happens here. And it was amazing because as these people that did not know each other in any way other than me, shared stories, you would see these lights turn yeah. on where one person would be speaking and another person would say, that happened to me before. I never have ever known anybody that that happened to before. And then you would, somebody else, it was just this ball that was of energy that was just growing and growing and growing that bounced around the table. And it was like, I was worried these people weren't maybe not have anything to say to each other. And it was amazing because they didn't stop. I mean, like we, it was like, okay, when's the next dinner going to be? Okay, when, when are we going to be able to get together again? And this group has grown so amazingly. Every person that I know has grown in the last, um, we've been in for a little over a year. 
have, have developed these amazing confidences within themselves, within their abilities, within their just everyday life that it's blown me away. It well, I mean, the key word there is that confidence, away. isn't it? You know, it's, it's in a bottom mm-hmm. line of everything that you teach and that everything we need to have. We're never going to find that love of self until we find that confidence. We're never going to find that confidence until we place value upon ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's that constant circle in there. And it's the confidence is that choice you know, to to step forward into placing value upon yourself and saying that I'm not going to be dictated by society or by what has been. I am going to be open and free to live in my now and feel confident Mm -hmm. in that now that it will lead me to my own greatness. Um, You know, the confidence to say I'm worth something. You know, I'm here Mm -hmm. for a reason. Um, Yes, I count. Um, yes, I'm worthy of love. Yes, I'm worthy of loving myself. And it all stems first from that making that choice to have that confidence in yourself by placing value upon yourself. I know um, I have a good friend that is also a director that we've been working with. And I, um, we were having a conversation one day and he said something that made, it was one of those aha moments that made so much sense to me that I had been lacking He said, you put your stake in the ground. You make the commitment to that this is going to happen. And I refer back to that a lot because I think it's you putting that stake Mm. in yourself and saying, I matter. I exist for a reason. And I will not. And there's a a light, right? And there's a light inside that when you put that stake in, you automatically take the basket off. And that light is able to shine. And then other people see it. And then other people not only see your light, but the people around you's light. But I I talk a lot in both um, the Supper Club and my kids program about the ripple effect. Yes. And how um, the people around you, when you're living your truth or when you're when you are being exactly who you're supposed to be, other people see that and say, I want some of that. Yes. How do I get some of that? (laughs) And the answer is put your stake in yeah. and, and then you live your truth. And then it's just this amazing um, ripple effect that it's, I have had only amazing positive experiences grow from putting that stake in the ground. I mean, you kind of, you know, that stake in the ground is actually kind of also an energy beacon. You know, you're tapping into that earth's core, that earth's energy, and it becomes a beacon mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, raises up to the universe. Um, so it becomes that kind of, uh, central energy source for you to draw on and you know it's also the standards to which you will be treated in you know my mum taught me and and I have to say she taught me this when I was young but it took me so many years of travel and trial and strife before I finally realized what she meant and that is the value you put on yourself is the value that people would take you for and because Uh I didn't have much value on me because I listened to everybody else and don't forget I was the psychic freak so therefore you know the the weird one you know um and as i'm sure you have been through that and so you you know they're eager to come and listen to you at the same time uh, you know push arms length and say we don't want anything to do with you um and so the confidence level that I had within myself was pretty zero, unless I was in spirit. If I was in spirit, if mm-hmm. I was in my work, I was in my truth. And the what I call the, the worldly realm, 
I just didn't fit in. And mm-hmm. so I had no confidence for a very long time. And it took a hell of a long time in my life to find that value within myself. And then I finally realized what she meant. When you live in your true value, you've staked that stake in the ground. You're living in your own truth. And this is your standard, your level. This is the way you will treat me, which isn't, you know, being uppity. It is, I will mm-hmm. not accept mm-hmm. uh, any uh, disregard of me. And you will speak to me in your truth, but do not, um, I don't want to say disgrace, but that's the one word, you know, um, belittle my person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And especially don't belittle my person to support your person. Right. Well, I, um, one of the things that I speak into what you're talking about right now, I decided um, a little over a year ago that I would not let anybody that was not awesome into my life. Excellent. And it really, some people started to fall away. Mm-hmm. And, but that, and some, I've had this, this uh, conversation with a lot of people, especially recently, saying, you know, I feel like um, I'm growing, but other people aren't. Exactly. Or I feel like um, I want to move forward in a different direction, but other things are, are like anchoring me. And I have kind of gotten to the point where I will not be anchored. I will not. And that, and some, and going back to you saying you don't want to sound uppity, yeah. right? Because the instant um, reaction of human nature is to say, um, I'm not trying to make myself, I'm not trying to, to sound proud of myself. I'm not trying yeah. to sound, because everybody looks at it from an ego perspective, yes. right? And so I just, I don't even look at it that way anymore. I just say, you know what? I'm going to be this way. If you are not a person that is being this way, then there's just not, I don't want that kind of negativity around me. And so people either are repulsed by that or repelled by that and they go away on their own or they see it and they say, huh, there's something to that. Let's talk about that. And so it offers an opportunity to have a conversation. And again, it's not being uppity. It's just saying, this is my standard. I will not dip below. I will not compromise my my beliefs myself. Yeah. It's not where I am going to live my life. I will not, I will not live my life in a place that is accepting of low standards because nobody should do that. Nobody should do that. And, and that's where I look at anybody that is having a reaction. And I say, what is your reaction? Why are you having this reaction? Because it's, it goes back to ego. It, go, it goes back to, you think you're better than me? No. I, just as amazing as I am. Like, let's all be amazing together, mm-hmm. you know? And, and sometimes people don't respond to that. And that's okay. I mean, again, it's not a judgment and it's not about fear. I don't want to be in a place where um, I'm looking at life through that glass. Right. It just, it doesn't benefit anybody. And that's what... I always think when I start to get into a place of fear is who is this serving? Mm. Is this serving? Um, is this serving God? Is this serving light? Is this serving love? Or is this serving ego and fear? And the answer is already there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the answer before you even get to right. it. So, um, but that's it's been I willing to do something to. about it. And, you know, I love, you know, another thing you were talking about, we, when we set ourselves free, and start walking forward, and we're living in our now. You know, right in the beginning mm-hmm. when you were talking there, 
when we learn to live in our now and stop trying to do things by numbers or, you know, um, everybody else raises their kids way, everybody else does this, everybody else does that. Mm -hmm. When we stop pigeonholing ourselves as everybody else and embrace our own wonderful uniqueness and our possibilities and start living in the now by intuitively, you know, tuning into the day, it will always guide us to our tomorrow. Um, we are going to have people around us we're going to have to let go of. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes they're family members. Sometimes they're even your children if they're older. Everybody mm -hmm. has to go their separate ways. But if everybody is doing the work upon themselves, you will meet those paths again on a totally different level. But there are always going to be some people that will get left, be left behind. And they're, they're just not capable of taking this journey. And you can't stay behind because of them. You have to let go mm -hmm. and move forward. I call that loving from afar. Mm -hmm. You can you can love someone from afar if if they aren't just in the same place that you are. And not to say that anybody is in a, a better or worse place than anybody else. It's just saying we're not driving right now. We're not on the same frequency yeah. right now. I can still love you. Yes. I can, I can still um, hold your heart and my heart. Um, maybe I just can't do it with you living right next door to me. Um, it's, it's the way it goes. I have a family like that. You know, they still think I live in La La Land. They think I, mm -hmm. they think I've, I've got fairy wings and I'm flapping around and that, you know, I've always had my head in the clouds and that, you know, I, um, I just don't speak reality. This is my reality. Um, my mm -hmm. daughter says, you speak so matter of fact about these things because I said they are a fact to me mm -hmm. because that's the way I yeah. see them. And that is my truth. Um, so, yes, I'm going to be matter of fact about it. You're not yet ready to see it. And when you do, it will be your mm -hmm. fact. We learn now to speak to the family members on something that we've got in common. So we, you know, keep right. to that channel. Speak to that channel, but don't go off on the other channels where you know there's going to lead to judgment or, you know, mm -hmm. a whole lot of other but stuff even, that comes out. Even within the, um, in the supper club at our, at our meetings or the dinners, we talk about, I, that's my boundary. I don't yeah. believe in rules, but I do believe yeah. in boundaries. And the boundary that I set is that everything at the dinners will be in regards to psychic stuff you know no politics no, yeah. no um tangents that are going to lead to judgment no politics no um i say you can't come to the dinners and talk about your mortgage or your refi or your you know built the the extension that you're building onto your house because that is almost like a kind of like a worldly thing yeah you know, that's the but we are not to talk about that yeah and everybody is very respectful of that and this is one of the things that's really cool that i love is that if we if one person does veer off with love somebody else will not address that person directly but will just lovingly bring the conversation back to psychic stuff yeah so it, it's not like oh bad bad you you're getting off track here uh -huh. there's no room for that with us uh -huh. it's just about um Let's, let's bring it back. I, I call it bringing it back around. When I work with my kids, I 
um, I'll do a little thing in my, I'm doing it in the air, actually, you can't see it, but mm. where I kind of almost like make a little tornado with my hand, bringing my hand down to a point, and I say, let's bring it back around. And then after a while, I don't even have to say, let's bring it back around. I just do my hand in the air, and the kids know that's what that means. Yeah. That we've gotten off topic, and now it's time to bring it back to the focus. And it's just, it's so simple. Not to, but if you want to play, if you want to get into that, it's easy to do that too, right? But like the way I look at it is that's not what we're here for. We're we're here for a specific reason. Let's get, let's get back to the topic at hand. Um, and talking and about it, topic at hand, let's now take this in segue perfectly into the children. You know, okay. when we talk about learning from our kids, when we watch our kids grow, you know, um, I teach divarism, uh, the ability to dream, inspire, vision and aspire to something. And we're born that way. And you watch a kid in discovery, you know, uh, or having dreams of being something inspired by things. The vision that they have is absolutely wonderful. And systematically, life beats it out of them. And, you know, trying to bring that divarism back into adults so that Mm -hmm. you know, they're not living in the apathy and the disconnect of world. We really should pay attention more to our children as our pets, as animals, because they mm -hmm. live in the now. They live in the simplicity of a of their needs or their imagination. Um, they're they're inspired by so little, but it's so much to them that if we stopped and started stopped being so dictatorial or uh, structured. Now, the children have got sports at this time. Now, they've got this at that time. They've got that at this time. Mm -hmm. If we allow them to play, and either we just watch them play and find that in a child within ourselves, or we play with them and not, you know, have them play at our level, we get down there and play with them at their level. And we learn mm -hmm. to find, it's kind of think like a reset on ourselves. Where we can right. go back to ourselves and that wonderful innocence and simplicity where we can start looking at life from those eyes and stop taking ourselves and life so seriously? Yes. I we do that all the time and, and my like like you said, my kids are fifteen and twelve. We still play games. I mean we and now they're more they've progressed to be more um, you know, we play a lot of card games, dice games, things like that, but it's very simple and it's just something that brings our our attention into a convert, you know, we are able to have a conversation around a simple card game. You know, we're able to have um, just sitting down and directing our attention. You know, I just had this happen yesterday. My son, um, he plays video and he'll get to the point when he's played too much video games where he'll start getting aggressive. Yeah. He'll start getting, um, he will start, his tone will change with me. And that, the minute I hear that, I say, it's time to turn it off. And and now he's getting to the point where I'm like, you need to be able to understand that in yourself. You need to be able to say, okay, I've played too much. I don't need to come in because, you know, time can go by so quickly. I realize, oh, my goodness, he's been in there all afternoon. And then it's, it's like there's no interaction. There's no – he does talk to his friends over the – uh, the headset, so mm. there's a little bit of a social thing that has nothing to do with the game, which that part to me is positive, but it's like when you are starting to become aggressive towards me because of something I told him, this, we had this conversation yesterday, that is not a real world. That is, you are in an illusion. It, it's all, and when you get sucked so into it, yes. you have to be able to cut that tie for yourself. And um, I sometimes I think that the level that we're on, this, this plane, the earth, humanity, 
is almost that way too. And that's where I feel like, okay, I cannot get so deeply engrossed in humanity and, you know, things like the news. Oh my God. I, don't I know. I call it the CNN effect. That's fine. <laughs> it is. Drama, it drama, is. drama. Who like, needs a soap I, opera? Just watch the news. <laughs> right. And it's also, it to me, that is like an illusion. It's like when I'm living, like you said earlier, when I'm living in my truth, when I feel like I am hitting on all cylinders, is when I'm directly connected. So I'm like, why would I want to sit there and watch the news all day? It yeah. only depresses me and agitates me, similar to how my son gets whenever he plays video games. And it's like, it's time to turn the TV off. It's time to sit down and reconnect with each other by, I don't know, listening to music together, having a conversation, um, knowing the right time to have conversations. You know, with parents, a lot of times it's like, okay, we need to sit down and stare at each other and have this conversation. Some of the best conversations I have with my daughter happen in the car while music is playing. We're not looking at each other. Yes. I'm looking at the road. She's looking out the window. That's one of the reasons why I did the supper club around a, a meal, because you're not just sitting there focused on each other like a class. I feel like, like a little boring. notebook in hand. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, more flow of energy. Right. Yes. So there's something else that you're putting your energy into, like with a child, a card game or yeah. whatever. Um, it's a conversation. And then with the supper club, it's similar. It's like we're eating a meal. Your hands are doing something different. You know, you're not just sitting there staring at each other, waiting for the next person to talk. I always had with my children, it was an open house. They always brought people home after, after class. And uh, we extended our house and they had like 1,700 square feet downstairs of their own and um, and very often you know mm -hmm. i'd find kids have come to stay because this parent stuff going on now we're going to be um you mm -hmm. know the bridge between the parents and the child while they're going through this and so you know i had quite a few kids live with this for a while and um it, it was funny actually because i actually found all of those kids in a lot of ways more respectful than my own my own were going through a phase but they were also going through my separation with my ex so you know they were caught up in that drama which Again, that's something we've got to be careful of. Um, mm -hmm. I have always had round table for dinner table. And so they would come mm -hmm. home from school and have a snack. And uh, whoever they were with, have a conversation, go off and do their thing. And then it becomes so, so pay for, uh, stay for dinner. As long as their parents knew, it was all right with me. And I loved the round table. Um, um, nobody was at a hierarchy. Was at a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And everybody was um, at even keel. And so it, everybody went round the table, kind of discussing their day. Or if something could come up um, in the news or anywhere else, that was the time to discuss it. So it was mm -hmm. more open forum and it invited for them to ask those questions that in any other arena might have been a bit too much to ask. Yeah, I love the round table. Mm. I, that's the only way I work is through a round table. And um, even uh, that's... I think that everybody's a peer, no matter, you know, I work with the superintendent of schools in my school district and I work with five-year-old girls and you know what? I don't have any reason to treat one above the other mm. because we are all peers. Mm. And I think that when you level the playing field like that, like you're saying with a round table, mm -hmm. it's like you, you, no one is higher than the other and everybody has something to learn from each other. And I think that whenever you give, kids of any age, like you're talking about, just kids that swung in and out of your kind of revolving door. Our house is very much like that too. And um, which I, of course, don't find a surprise at all that we're so similar <laughs> in that way, but um, it's fun. It, it's like, <laughs> it is, it is. And it keeps, 
there is an energy yep. in our house yep. that is constantly flowing in and out with kids. And um, one of the really cool things that's happened with the group, with the supper club, is that now my kids are starting to know those people. We were, as families, starting to get to know each other. Mm. And so our families are almost integrating. I always feel like it's very important for a child to have extra people in their life that are not their family. Like, you know, especially with my kids group, it's like, I'm an extra person. I'm not a teacher. I'm not an authority figure. I'm an extra person. And so the more extra people Mm -hmm. that kids have in their life, they're so much more well-rounded, you know, than a kid that's only around children and then only around teachers as adults, you know. Um, I love that idea because then it does give the child um, an ability to be able to communicate with adults in a way that is not fear-based, not a, not authority figure child-based. Mm. Um, I, I find that the kids that I know that have um, a lot of friends that are adults, are, they just it's much easier to communicate with other people, period. So I like that. I like the idea. And a lot of my um, daughter's friends, they have my phone number and I have theirs. You know, it's, it's like if there was something going on that I needed to contact one of them, yes. I could. You know, I know them and I know their parents. I think that that's um, a really big, uh, it's a huge key too. It's just knowing the people that are around your kids. It's, um, you know, we are associated by our company and it's the same with them. And at some stage they're going to branch out and they're going to pick a friend that maybe isn't somebody they should be friends with. And, you know, it's going to be something that um, we're going, if we protest, it's kind Mm -hmm. of saying, um, you know, that we're not, um, we don't believe in them. Uh, we're passing a judgment. Mm-hmm. However, we can observe and say, you know, I think that person's going through something. Maybe they might not be going down the right way. If you think there's help that we can do there to turn them in the right way, you know, give them that empowerment to help. But, you know, every child gets faced with that for a moment. And also give them the kind of drop the knowledge on them that it's not their responsibility. Yeah. And if if somebody is going down, because that um, my son had that experience where he wanted to help somebody, I said, you know what? It's you you can only help somebody so much, but they have to pick up their yeah. brain, you know. And it was difficult. That was that was a hard experience, but um, in the end, I think that it was a huge life lesson to be able to say, you know what? Going back to I can love you from afar because I can't be involved yes. in what the, the choices that you're making. Yeah. You know, it feeds the drama. It, otherwise, you know, uh, yeah. you want to fe- fuel the solution. And the solution is, right. is sometimes, uh, you know, being that light that they, other people feel safe in. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's a place that they can come to. They're not ready yet to kind of, or they don't know how they've just got too much baggage on there to let go of, to embrace the light. But they're around your light to try and kind of chip away at what they're carrying. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in a safe zone because they know that they can be safe with you. Um, but it may be somebody who's carrying so many past lives as well that sometimes mm-hmm. it's not just their own. And uh, it's a burden that they need help with to unload. But if they're coming to you to suck the life out of you, to support their drama, you're, mm-hmm. you need to leave well enough alone at that point. Right. And sometimes it, that's, um, we've had this experience as well, that there, that even just being 
around a person like that, it can plant a seed that might not grow for five yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. And, that's not, and again, that's not your responsibility to grow the seed. It's not your responsibility to, to water it or coddle it. It's your responsibility to leave it and walk away. Yeah. And you know what? If that's Sometimes that's the help that that person is asking for, mm-hmm. is just to be able to be given the information and then you walk away so that somebody else can come in or so that they can be the person. Because, you know, no matter what, if, if one person is not willing to grow their own garden, then it ultimately is going to die, no matter what the seed is that you planted or how what the intention was behind it. So it's like, you know, you can't tend other people's gardens. You certainly can't do anything for people where they're still so completely and utterly crippled by fear. You know, mm-hmm. when they're willing to look at fear in the face and say, you know, I no longer will feed you. I will no longer give you the power. That is the time to, you know, extend your hand and say, I'm there and pull them over. But until mm-hmm. they're willing to face that fear um, and say, you will not be my dictator anymore. Um, all they're going to do every time you say or do anything is snap back into that fear. So you mm-hmm. can plant those seeds. And but, you know, they're going to have to do a certain amount of watering themselves. And one of those is looking at fear for what it is. Why have they crippled themselves so much that they can't move forward? And Mm -hmm. is it their fear? Is it a fear of beliefs that's been imposed upon them? Or is it an excuse not to move forward? Right. Right. And that's um, sometimes that's all we're there for is to be able to give them the opportunity to look at that, because I think a lot of times. it's again, they're so similar. The kids program and the supper club, where it's just like saying, This is an opportunity to talk about this, yeah. or this is an opportunity to look at this. And then it's like, Okay, wow, nobody has ever given me permission to do that before. Mm. You know, a lot of people don't, this is what I say a lot of times with kids is, you know, if no one's ever told you it's okay, you don't know. And so it's just like, I tell people when they come to the dinners, you know, you don't have to preface everything you say with, this might sound crazy, but I did a private dinner a couple weeks ago, and about three people said it before they spoke. They said, this might sound crazy, and I said, you don't have to say that here. This is a place where you can share anything. And it's, there, it's uh, crazy, crazy is part of the, uh, the dinner menu. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's already listed. Yeah. You don't have to, but, but it is, it's like, you cannot tell me anything that, I, not not that I haven't heard it before, but you're not going to freak me. You're right. So, like, you can just take that off. And when people understand that they can do that, it's really a freeing place to be. And so that's what I love is when people don't say that and they drop the crazy. You know, they just say, this is my experience. Yeah. And because when you say this might sound crazy, you're saying you might judge me. Yeah. You, you might be in a place of judging, but when you take that off and make just everybody appear listening to an interesting story, like, what a better place to come from and to be as a listener, you know, because I'm not, it goes back to that perceived perception. I mean, that's the, I that's the same thing with, with the children, isn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, um, very often they're a reflection of their, of their parents. Uh, and their right. upbringing. If you've got a very nervous or scared child there that isn't isn't playing, isn't living in their imagination, you know that they're coming from a family that you know is either very structured or dictatorial, or you know, or is somebody's living in that fear. Um, and unfortunately, you know, kids are sponges, 
and they absorb everything that's going on around the good, the bad, and the ugly. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's so sad because again, they lose that diva so early. But we have to be careful what we impose upon our kids. Um, I'm not saying you should hide bad times because I think you should articulate them to a child. You know, stuff mm-hmm. is happening right now. Mom's going for a hard time. Dad's going for a hard time. This is what it is. But it doesn't mean we don't love you. You haven't done anything wrong. Right. Uh, nobody's done anything wrong. It's just life. Because now you're teaching them not to place fear upon something going wrong. Well, one of the things that I teach in my kids' program is that there are no mistakes. You yeah. know, and there, everything is a learning opportunity. And the way that you address it is has a lot to do with the outcome. If you if you look at it and say, hmm, okay, well that's not a mistake. It doesn't need to be fixed, but I'm not crazy with how it's going. So let me do some things to change it to where I am happy. I had a girl once. Um, she wrote something in a book and she'd written the wrong thing to, to her. And I said, how can you fix it? And she had gone over, and she kind of went over it and, or not how can you fix it, but how can you make it to where you're okay with it? And she scratched it out and she said, hmm, I don't like that. And I said, okay, well, what's another option? And all the options are open. Okay. She pulled a page out of the back of the book, which was blank. And she cut a square out and painted it over that. And she looked at it and she looked at it for a second. And she said, I'm okay with that. I said, okay. And we just kept going. You know, right. it wasn't, it, you know, I saw that feeling of like, this isn't perfect. This isn't perfect. This isn't going to. Yeah. Um, and I, it was like, whoa, whoa, hang on a second here. Like, don't go into all that. Just figure out how to make it okay with you. Yeah. And, you and know, okay it, with you. I mean, you know, right. you, you know the four agreements, right? I'm always spouting mm-hmm. the four agreements, oh, yeah. you know, um, uh, speak your word with integrity. Don't take things personally. It's other people's opinion. Don't take it on. Never assume because that leads to judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, always ask and simply do your best measured by yourself, not somebody right. else. And, you know, kids, um, my uh, ex-husband is Oriental, so I have half Oriental kids. Mm-hmm. And in his family, he's uh, got a couple of nieces and nephews that have had to follow the family business. Whether they were wired for it or not, whether they wanted it or not, it mm-hmm. was expected of them. And that's it. And uh, nothing else, you know, one of them wanted to go into drama, ended up as going into study heart cardiology. Um, I'm sure she'll bring the drama to it because it's just so much within her, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the thing is, is, we've got to stop having our kids go and be something that we wanted to be in and never aspire to um, mm-hmm. and follow what their gifts are. And, you know, they're going to change their minds a hundred times. But every right. single time they take flight and being the rocket scientist or the superhero or the this or the that, they're taking on an experience that is accumulating for that life experience that is going to help them along the way. So encourage that play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I think it's really important that you said a second ago is not to hide difficult difficulties from children because yeah. then when they experience their own they think, what's wrong with me? Yeah. But if they understand, you know what? Everybody goes through a rough time and everybody can make it. We've had, um, in our community recently, we've had, um, I don't want to say a rash, but we've had a few suicides of teenagers. Um, and we've had in the last 
year, we've had a couple of suicides take place in a, in schools. And one of the things that I was talking to, um, a woman that her son plays on my soccer team, is she, one of these suicides happened uh, about six doors down from where she lives. And she said, I took the opportunity to this around me nothing. Sorry, nothing. sweetie, you, you, you broke up there. Could you just repeat that? Okay. Um, you, she said, do- um, go ahead. No, no, I'm just taking you from where it broke up. Is what so, she said. So she said, "Nothing, we, nothing is so big that we cannot overcome it together." Uh-huh. It's together, together. That's the key right. word, right? Yeah. Nothing is overwhelming enough to where if you come to us, we cannot get through it. And that I think is huge too, because whenever kids feel so alienated from their parents, yeah, and and it who do they go to? Not, yeah. It speaks back to having extra people in your life. Yes. And aunt that you feel comfortable sharing things with. And a lot of times, looking at it from that psychic perception, it's somebody that is like-minded. It's mm. somebody that you just feel an affinity with, that you feel naturally comfortable with. And um, that's your extra person. You know what I mean? So it's very, um, having extra people in a child's life, I think, is a great a neighbor that you feel you know feel comfortable with and I tell my kids all the time if you can't tell me then tell somebody you know it doesn't have to be directly to me my um, daughter has my sister who is they're very very close to each other and I don't even need to know about it exactly I've got um I've got friends that I call, you know, the aunts or surrogate mother, you know, mm-hmm. one of them that anything happened to me, you know, even though my kids are all older, I know she, you know, would be that role mm-hmm. and they all love her. And of course, they're, they, you know, they love um, right from babies, you know, still very entwined with uh, their children. So it's kind of their cousins and aunt by choice. And right. uh, I look at who my kids went to. And it's funny because I felt like it was more the you know, the apple pie mums, even though I was the one mm-hmm. baking apple pie, I ended up with the kids that needed their spirituality to be brought out of them, right. to which my own kids didn't seek. Right. And even to this day have not yet sought. Yep. Um, but I attracted from their friends, uh, all those people that were living very rigid and controlled lives and were looking for their own spirit and their own voice. And they seeked it out of me. Isn't that wonderful, the exchange, mm-hmm. that that somebody else can, and there's no judgment on that. If the apple pie mom can give your kid something that they are, are yeah. requiring from somewhere, what a wonderful gift. And the, and the same back. You yes. know, an apple pie mom, like a rigid mom like that, can't give her own child, a, a, maybe feels like they can't give their own child a spirituality outlet where you could. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that goes back to speaking, but there. there it's okay that you can't offer everything. You know, we do have strengths and weaknesses. You know, play to the strengths, know the weaknesses. I teach that in my kids' program too. It's like if you don't know your strengths and weaknesses, how can you make them, how can you work on them? Or how can you um, extend a strength to somebody if you don't even know it's your strength? Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I love the idea that we're, and it does, it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, I was just and about to say that entirely. <laughs> I believe it. A hundred percent. Yes. You know, and we are not meant to be, 
solo insular people. We are meant to be united in community. And, mm -hmm. you know, it also doesn't mean that everybody has to be the same. You know, we, when we've got to stop this pack mentality that we're only amongst people that are like-minded, that agree with us. We need that mm -hmm. fractalization of diversity uh, so that we actually can unite into something that is productive to, for all the community. And, you know, it's it's taking all those different spices and putting them together to making a wonderful feast for all, as opposed to just one flavor suits all. And, right. you know, and How we have to embrace, all, you know, you don't, you don't have to agree or you don't have to be there. But at the same time, you know, you've got to, um, you've got to be able to, uh, feel free to express yourself in any community without judgment. You're going to have the people that are the lawyers or the people that are the doctors, the people that are the teachers. You're going to have the people like us that are the spiritual. We're all here that can contribute in one way or the other. And we've got to stop this segregation or this, um, if you don't fit into my box, um, you know, kick you out. Forget about the boxes, folks. Forget mm -hmm. about the boxes. We gather around the campfire all together. <laughs> right. Come to the round table. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So how about you kind of hit on now, what kind of things are you going to be bringing us um, on your shows? Because I know it's going to be wonderfully unique. It follows our, our, our segment of um, uh, Calm People Make Calm Pets, which is uh, a lot to do with listening to the animal. So mm -hmm. we can find out what the animal wants for us because the animal gets imposed by, you know, by us and we don't listen to the animals. So the animal segment would be first and then you're going to be coming up. So all, all PG, parental guidance, which we want parents and children to listen to these programs together. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to be bringing us that uh, is going to get them both to the table where they can help each other? I think that the most important thing is to give kids the opportunity to speak and give parents slash adults, teachers, I mean, I think anybody that is over a certain age could benefit to hear. And then to be able to flip it, because I think that it's important to be able to have kids say their piece and then have parents, adults be able to mull it over a little bit and then be able to have some kind of feedback. Because I think that if you just present information without the ability to start a conversation, that it's it's kind of, um, it's great, but you, you don't see where it's going. Yeah. So I like the idea of being able to make it almost like this, uh, I see it in my head kind of like as ping pong, you know, yeah. the, the kids can, or tennis, you know, lob it. And then the parents are able to say, okay, I hear you. And this, like, this is why, because I feel like so many kids don't feel heard. And mm. so many parents don't feel heard. So it's like, how can we come together to hear and then speak, respond to each other? So yeah. that's really negotiate. What, it's right. always a negotiation, isn't it? You know, like everybody is speaking to what is going to serve the whole. So it is a, mm -hmm. a, like a, a conversational a negotiation. Yeah. Right. A communication. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, uh, when we talked going back to, you know, the stick in the ground, our standard, um, you know, it's the, oh, you've got to show them who's boss. And no, you're again, custodian. Um, mm -hmm. You're there as their wise one, their leader. Um, there is going to be a standard to which you uh, will um, receive respect 
and that mum's the word, the final word. Mm -hmm. uh, but it can be done without this huge stick of authority. It's my way or the highway. Right. Yeah, that I think that that is a very old world way of yeah. looking at things. And because of how things are changing and shifting now, that is that rigid way of being is not effective, especially with the kids that are coming out today. Yeah. So it's like that rigid way is going to um, it has to be something that bends, not something because then things will break. And, and that is not what we want. I mean, we want to be able to have that ebb and flow to be able to speak and then be able to close the mouth to hear, you know, to be able to say, and a lot of things when I have conversations with my kids, it's like, do you understand why this is my stance? I need for you, not approval, it doesn't have to be with approval, yeah. it, but I want you to understand because I don't want you to walk away and be like, well, she did this because X, because then you have your own perception going on that is spiraled mm. completely away from what I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And I think that's what the show is really going to be for is bringing everybody to the table to, to where we're all on the same page, or at least looking at it from kind of the same point of view and not one kid so far out that they are alone and isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least you know, if they are far out because that's the way they think, you know, as I said, I was born totally different mm -hmm. personality and, and a different arena to my family um, is that it's not like, well, you're so far out. We can't communicate with you is finding that opal channel that they can communicate on. And so that that channel brings them in. And then so they learn to communicate on the other people's channels. Um, and right. it's, you know, being able to switch it up. I'm also hoping that you're going to do a segment on um, uh, cyberism. Your kids are at, uh, you know, that level now where, as you say, they're on the game console. You know, there's tweeting, there's uh, mm -hmm. emailing, there's all this type of thing. I've just done a show on cyberbullying. And it's the empowerment for the child. You know, what the first segment that I did on bullying in, um, in September was the children that go home to tell their parents and the parents tell them to suck it up or fight back. And I think mm -hmm. we're doing such a disservice to our children that way. They're being victimized twice now. And, um, right. you know, and I'd love you to do a segment on, you know, on, as you said, teaching your son to know, okay, I've got two into the game now that I'm losing my own reality. Um, mm -hmm. Where the, those boundaries and those little triggers can go off in themselves. No, I shouldn't send that tweet or no, I shouldn't send that video or I shouldn't respond to that. Or I should speak up that right. this is wrong because that's something that, you know, people aren't addressing those boundaries, which really need to be adhered because we are getting suicides happening because of what people are doing in tweets and videos and everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong. Well, and that goes back to being confident in exactly who you are yeah. to mm. where, you know, exactly who you are to where you can say something about me, but like, I know who I am. So it doesn't matter. And yes. it's going to go away. I think that's one of the things that is very, um, especially for teenagers is that they, they're so ingrown in, engrossed in what is going on right now yeah. that it's like they can't see that in a week nobody's going to care about this and if they are still caring about it well then there's different steps that you can take to where it doesn't it's I just got the word bulletproof in my head so there's this idea of like nothing can harm you and so 
nothing external, like um, the words or the, like a tweet or whatever, and to be able to just take a lot of things with a grain of salt and humor and being able to turn it around to where it's like, you know what, it's just not, you're not going to affect my day. And humor is a huge part of how I address things. Um, Not taking, like, you know, the picture that is on my page, not taking yourself too seriously, being able to have fun and being able to just say, wow, that is so not anything that's going to affect my day right now. And diffusing it before it even becomes an issue. I think that's, that's a big key for me is just diffusing things before they can spiral into something. Yeah. And when we talk about living in the now, but we've also got to be careful, you know, which now, the now we're talking about is that intuitiveness that guides us forward, not the current drama. And, that, right. and, you know, we know that high school and middle school, my God, the amount of drama that goes on there and judgment and assumption and, um, and, 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 and on steroids, you know, it's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It, there doesn't seem to be reason. And a lot of that is to do with the hormones. And uh, so building people's confidence up, Yes, we can do it at the teenagers, but really where it needs to start is the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a chicken before the egg question, right? It's like, yes. do you start with the baby or do you start with the parent that had the baby? Uh, yeah. lot... We start with the parent that had yeah. the baby. <laughs> yeah, but so much of it is fed from yes. the parent. They're, they're, um I one of the things that I will definitely address on when I am doing my sentences, um, victim uh victimization that is uh, not projected, that's not the right word, but um, accelerated at home. I, yeah. I've done a lot of work around bullying with my school district. I've been able to, and like you mentioned, I am a CASA. Um, I have got a lot of um, experience in this ex- realm. Yes, yeah. experience in seeing things from above because I am not a part of the picture. and So, so you can see things more clearly. I'm yeah. sorry, sweet. I'm going to have to cut you off here. You're going to have to save that for your own show because no you've got 45 seconds here to tell everybody how to get hold of you on your oh. sites. Okay, so you can reach me psychically through uh, travelingpsychicsupperclub.com. You can reach me about my kids' programs through iprojectconfidence.com. And um, either one of those uh, has got an email attached to it, um, Deborah at I Project Confidence, it's D-E-B-O-R-A-H, or Deborah at TravelingPsychicSupperClub.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, it's about Suburban Claire, and um, you can always reach me through either one of those websites. Um, that's the best way Excellent. to get a hold of me. How's that? Wonderful. <laughs> and uh, and also, you, she is uh, under the hosts on PLV-Radio. And you yes. can see her bio and all her information is on there. And Deborah will be joining us in December. She'll be at the 5 p.m. slot. The Asara, myself, is moving up to 11 because I think Deborah should be at the 5 o'clock so- spot. Uh, something that you can tune in and listen to while you're cooking dinner together. Uh, this is a family affair. And uh, I look forward so much to your show. I think it is extremely needed. And um, I know that you're going to bring some wonderful solutions and connections for mums and uh, their children. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for this amazing opportunity, and I look forward to working with you in the future. Ah, it's going to be fun. There's a few round tables coming up as well. So <laughs> stay tuned, folks. And uh, don't forget to tune in to Deborah uh, starting in December, uh, five o'clock spot on the Mondays. Thanks for now, folks. Take care.